Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Happy Monday to all. Last uh, trading week of April as we had some cooler temperatures hit many areas of the Midwest over the weekend. We know there was snow and freezing rain in the Dakotas once again as well. Lots of things that we're going to be factoring in on what we see in this grain complex today, including what really happened in this market. You know, we actually saw some midday numbers that looked a little positive for the beans, didn't last very long. Uh, China making that cancellation on corn. So the big question is, is it coming to the soybeans as well? We're going to find out all those happenings today as we talk with Alan Brugler. He's with Brugler Marketing and Management. So let's kind of start out first with this corn market. Obviously, the lower numbers can be tied back to this cancellation of corn from China. Yeah, I think that was the big story, the big surprise, if you will, over the, early this morning. They basically canceled 327,000 tons of the of the purchases they'd made a few weeks ago. Uh, that's a fairly sizable cancellation, although nowhere near the, the, the cumulative purchases they had for the, that two-and-a-half-week period when they were on the buying bench. Uh, but it, it kind of takes some of the steam out of the uh, old crop stocks are tight and basis has got to be higher or cash has got to be higher. Uh, kind of defuses that argument a little bit. So you saw May under some pressure. I think there was a there was an options component to this too. A lot of times when you you have options that expire in the money, like the uh, the May 660 calls last week, they kind of go after those uh, those new longs on Monday to see if they have any real money instead of just options money. And uh, so that that probably hurt the May as well. Is there any fears um, for the soybean perspective as I look at the cancellations that happened from China that we might see that filter back over their direction? Well, I, fear, yes, there, there certainly could be. I, I think China needs the beans. Uh, the question is how soon do they need the beans? I th- the uh, March import data came in. It showed a, a pretty nice pop in, in U.S. exports to China in March at the expense of the Brazilians, but they were blaming it all on just uh, the slow harvest, early harvest in Brazil and the fact they couldn't get them from Brazil. I think that may be the issue here is if, if you have uh, Brazil really ramping up shipments now, and the vessel count certainly look like that, that China might might pull back even harder on the U.S. market. So, you know, Maybeans uh, took the biggest hit. Uh, that's been the, the theme here is the inverse is kind of collapsing a little bit today. And November was down eight. Uh, technically doesn't look very good right at the moment. But again, uh, what better supported than what the old crop was. And the wheat's just kind of in their own little world and the fact that they're dealing with a lot of dryness and into the north, a lot of concerns about getting spring wheat in the ground. Yeah, you you. you think with those uh, kind of stories that we would would look a little better particularly with the uh, rumors that the Ukrainian corridor might be shut down for various reasons or you know Ukrainian uh, counterattack starting or you know just the Russians playing games but the bottom line is uh, wheat's got a death wish here all right trade wheat sleep in the streets another word for it uh, the uh, Chicago was under the most pressure today, and it, of course, arguably should be because it has the best crop condition ratings and is the one that's got to be priced uh, very close to Russian wheat to sell. KC was down some, even though we know that there's some dryness issues on the plains. Uh, We are also, uh, it wouldn't show up in this week's ratings, but maybe next week's if there was any frost damage to to that plains wheat over the weekend. We did get temperatures into the low 20s in 
some of those areas. Spring wheat, yeah, we'll, we'll get the planning uh, progress this afternoon a little bit. 7% was what the trade was looking for, which would be uh, up from 3% last week. That's still fairly slow pace for spring wheat. and But, uh, you know, you got to get the snow out. And as you started stated at the beginning of the show, there was a little bit of snow uh, still being added to the mix up in the Dakotas. You know, I've heard uh, just this last week when I was in D.C., and I heard it more than once, the comments coming from folks was, you know, plant in the dust, the bins will bust. And, and we had a story on that midday talking about that same thing. How much truth seems to be to that old saying that continues to kind of rear its head in the conversation? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sure we could dig up the, uh, through our uh, meteorological records and put a, put, a, put a number to it. But I, I think what it's really saying is that if you the weather patterns shift, okay? And, uh, you know, we say the markets are mean reverting. I think that's somewhat true to the weather as well. You look at California as an example. They had a couple of years of really dry conditions, and now they're just uh, swimming in moisture and, and excess snowpack. So, you know, things do balance out a little bit. I think that, that saying is kind of reflecting, well, you know, if it was dry last year, it's probably going to be wet this year. And if it's there, if it's still dry in the spring and I plant, I'll probably be a beneficiary of that moisture. Uh, what we do know is we're switching to a, an El Nino weather pattern, but uh, El Nino doesn't have very strong correlations with with where it leaves the rain and where it leaves the dry spots for the U.S. And uh, so we kind of it's going to be an evolving situation. Uh, a betting man would say that the uh, uh, northern plains would get a little more moisture out of this than, than what it got last year. And I'm, I'm including Nebraska in that area. Yeah, and I know I saw some some latest numbers coming out of uh, South Dakota State University as well, saying expect to have a kind of cooler temperatures in the month of May, which is probably not what our guys want to hear when they're getting this crop in the ground and waiting for for a decent start to the numbers. No, you you, you want to you want the, the heat units for planting. You want to get the get some early GDDs there. And then, and then in July, and you're saying, "Whoa, whoa, slow down! We don't need any more than this." <laughs> and no surprise. I mean, we've talked about this uh, for a lot the last couple of weeks. This is definitely going to be one of those weather-related markets that folks are going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, you know, world stocks usage ratios are tight enough that the for beans, corn, wheat, particularly if you take China out and their their supplies not as not being available to the world market. So that that magnifies the importance of a successful U.S. or at least North American crop. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with Alan Brugler with Brugler Marketing and Management. So curious, when we, we were talking about all the different things that were happening globally and economically, the dollar has definitely had some some choppiness to it. Kind of what's your thought as it moves on the lower end of this trade? Well, you know, in general, a weak dollar is going to be positive for exports, and the stronger dollar isn't. Um, that's pretty obvious for if you're talking third-party currencies here. The, uh, the the market's having trouble digesting what's exactly going on in the economy and what the what the Fed's next move is going to be. I think uh, you've got uh, the camp that says Fed needs to raise another quarter point or another half point because the uh, services sector has still got some inflation in it. Uh, certainly, real rates are still well above the two percent target, but uh, we we all also know that the uh, 
uh, certain sectors of the economy have slowed down quite a bit, you know, the housing sector and, and some other areas. So there's a lot of debate about what the what the Fed will actually do, and that does affect the value of the dollar. If, if the Fed's raising rates and the rest of the world isn't, then the dollar tends to get stronger. Uh, we also know, though, that the U.K. has got 10% inflation, and uh, there's some issues in some other countries as well, and, uh, you know, to, to, to weigh down the value of their currency. Right now, the, the uh, European Central Bank and some of those are, have been keeping up with the Fed rate increases, and that's allowed the euro to gain. It's back to $1.10 the other day versus uh, being under parity, under a dollar a couple of months ago. Well, is anything else on the grain side you want to talk about before we hit livestock? No, I think I think that we've covered the main points here for today. All right. Well, we know that uh, saw some mixed numbers on the live cattle. Feeder cattle were definitely down. Um, you had mentioned, you know, before the show that kind of cattle held up fairly well. We had a cattle on feed report on Friday. Kind of, what are your thoughts as you look at the numbers today? Well. I- Again, I think the market held up pretty well. The, the April makes sense. Of course, it's going to expire on Friday, and it's at a discount to last week's cash. Uh, so you would expect that it wouldn't take too much of a hit here. I was a little surprised that August and October were only down 10 and 35 cents, given the, the larger placements than what the trade had expected. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the fact that we'd rallied pretty hard coming into the report, usually that would be a a prescription for a little bit of a correction. Uh, I think the the reason we were pretty well supported is simply that we're at a, a ten dollar plus discount August and April, and the market's already got some some you know summer weakness built into it. We did see some selling in the in the April and May feeders and the August feeders, uh, and that's significant. In that corn was also down, which usually would have helped prop those up. So. The, the feeders noticed the the increased placement numbers more more than the fats did here. Alan, is there a chance that processors will slow down, or packers will slow down the processing, maybe to rein in a little bit of these cattle prices? Well, I, I think they have slowed down the processing, particularly the Saturday kill, uh, and but that's mostly because they have to. The, the the cattle numbers, the ready cattle numbers, are dropping off here relative, uh, particularly relative to a year ago, but. Uh, you know, we we already know what the in weights and out weights are, so we can project out through July, and we know that uh, numbers this this summer are going to be pretty tight on on ready numbers coming out of the feedlots. So, I think the packers are trying to right size the uh, the kill to what's out there and not want to try and pull cattle ahead. To the degree that they do cut the kill, they they hope to be able to support the the box beef price and particularly. Uh, your choice or your um, middle meats, right? You're, you're coming up on Memorial Day, uh, Mother's Day before that, but Memorial Day is a, a big beef consumption weekend, and I, th- I think maybe they're trying to to uh, get the price firmed up ahead of that so they can afford to pay for those scarcer cattle later on. Maybe it doesn't come as a surprise that the pork market didn't talk a lot about the about the Tyson uh, fire in Madison, Nebraska. No, it didn't seem to, to have much of an impact. Uh, I don't know, you know, you can rationalize it a couple different ways. Number one, you know, people didn't couldn't quantify how, you know, how big of an effect or how long they'd be affected by it. Uh, we do have some pork in it, uh, stocks uh, that are fairly high yet. You know, they do tend to decline seasonally here, but the, they're pretty comfortable at the moment. So, yeah, we actually got some short covering, uh, at least we think it was short covering, uh, buying in the in the summer months today 
you know, you had triple digit gains for June, July, and August. Uh, they, that's way overdue. I mean, we we've really slammed this this hog market for for a better part of a month here. And I, I do notice that uh, with April off the board and May being the front month now, that we we do have a bit of a premium to the cash. So the board's looking for the the cash to bottom and, and have some kind of a seasonal rally here. It's just been rather slow to develop. Great conversation as always, Alan. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Oh, you can call us 402-697-3623. You can visit our website for more information on our uh, many different services. Brugler Marketing, that's B-R-U-G-L-E-R marketing.com, all one word. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Brugler MKTG. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the World Radio Network.